Hello everyone, this is Scott Guider, the character Cephas from the hit franchise series, The Hillbilly Horror Show. You can now experience all the greatness from all The Hillbilly Horror Show. And all you need is a library card. And then you can go to Hoopla and watch them all for free. That's right, free. We love the word free. So, go ahead. For more details, go to The Hillbilly Horror Show Facebook page or go to www.hillbillyhorrorshow.com. That's right, Lulu, Bo, and myself, Cephas, the mumbling idiot. Again, go to www.hillbillyhorrorshow.com for more details or to the Facebook page. My special guest, actor, writer, director, Damien Moore. My very special guest is a talented filmmaker and actor. I've watched two films now, Bicycle Day in 2011, and his newest one, the Essa Trilogy, which it's playing in the theaters this month. Damien, how are you? I'm great, Scott. Uh, how are you? It's lovely to be here. I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad to have you on here. It's kind of funny. Um, you contacted me a while ago, uh, just out of sky blue. I never spoke to you, and you asked me if I wanted to review Bicycle Day. Simon. I'm tripping biscuits, man. Simon is out there. Off his fucking tree like a psychotic Ray Mears, killing people. He's not the only one. Your brother cries like a baby. When you realize what you've done. Bicycle Day, I absolutely loved. I think you you heard my review. And that's where that's how Damien Mortar got into my my scope. And I told this I say this all the time when I review movies, especially if they're from England or or, the, or, or Australia. The technology, the writing, the acting, of course, the accent, to me, I love because I'm American, obviously, and American films are fantastic as well, but you guys bring something to the table that's a little different, and um, I don't know, I guess I'm a weirdo when it comes to that, but I just love foreign films, and I'm not too big on France because I don't like that subtitle bullshit. (laughs) I don't like to read while I'm watching a movie, but... The listeners have seen my review of Bicycle Day, and I'm going to let you explain it in a second. But one question I do have to ask you: What was the perception of Bicycle Day? Um, well, I mean, it was we had no money to to start, you see. So and we wanted to do something to prove that we could work um, and, and pull out a good film with a good story. So we had no money, and we looked back at the sort of horror films that you could kind of do with uh, a, a small budget and always those the serial killer out in the woods always it always came up it always you had the woods 
you had your actors, you could go. So I decided to, to write the script and, and basically push all the characters um, into a situation where all these best friends that turn on each other. And um, I think people kind of liked that because they could pick up on p uh, characters that were in my film and relate to them. And then when they all turned on each other, it sort of gave them a push and that they really enjoyed the sort of the explosiveness and the, and the outbursts from the characters. Right. And one thing about this film that I thought was free creative was the LSD aspect of it. Uh, you know, you have a friends in the woods and something happens. And then at the end of the film, I thought was probably the most surprising that maybe I'm a little naive and didn't expect it to come. Hmm. But it's, I'm telling you, Damien, it's a brilliant movie. I've watched a lot Very of much. no problem. I've watched a lot of no budget films, and and I say this all the time, and people might think that I'm crazy, but the whole my whole um, idea of reviewing movies is basically based on no budget, hmm. low budget films. Because when I review a film, I look at the budget first, because you really can't review a movie that's a $100,000 budget to a $15,000 budget. You might have the talented actors, yes, but it takes money for special effects. It takes money to, to do a lot of it. And Bicycle Day, to me, if you wouldn't know any better, you'd think it was a higher-end budget film because it was well shot, it was well acted. I don't know. The storyline was brilliant, and I think that's what attracted me the most to your style of filmmaking. Is I love the way you perform. I I, I love the the the, the accents you have and some of the lines that you throw off. Which is one line that I mentioned earlier that you said in, in the the astrology that I thought was brilliant. But I don't know. Um, as far as American aspect of it, has this movie um, got any got any reviews from the American side of it? Besides um, me. Yeah, it's it's played it's played a couple of festivals in America. It played the Killer Film Festival. Uh, was another one it played, and, and they did enjoy it for the same reasons you did. I mean, it is a different culture in the UK. Um, there is a different language. There is a a different way people people act, obviously. And I think in the in the states they did enjoy it for for the raw aspect of it and for some of the dialogue. Um, I mean, the film was loosely based. Um, on a bit of a true story that I mean, like you, you mentioned, the LSD in the woods. Now, we, as adults, we've all we've all tried it. You know, I did when I was younger, and uh, I was in the woods when I was a kid with my friends trying LSD for the first time, and um, a few of my a few of them weren't handling it very well, and started not recognising each other, and it got very very. Um, the atmosphere was very bad amongst it, and we all went home and everything. And I remember after that writing it down, thinking what would happen if um, somebody was, was drugged with this LSD, didn't know they was under the influence, and then was pushed to the limit. And that's basically what became the backstory for the film. And I, I, I think it worked well. I mean, people have liked it. The reviews have been very good. And, and obviously it helped me gain more, uh, not say respect, but more people interested in working with me, and, and I could build bigger films just from off the back of that first first film so it was a, a great film for us to start as a company and to to go on to move to other things and it was the the script i think that that helped mainly with that because there was no money because there were no big lavish special effects or giant crane shots or things like that we only had storytelling to rely on 
and that was the dialogue and the characters. And I think that's what pushed that film to um, getting as many people to see it as they did. Right, and, and, and what you mentioned it, you really didn't need that much special effects in this film, and that's what I thought was creative. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was no need for anything. It was just basically, like you said, storytelling in the woods, LSD, not be able to handle it, kills, blood, and it just... I'm telling you, Damien, I'll say it again. I really liked this film. It was... You know, when you get a film, a lot of times where... A lot of people, like reviewers, will, oh, I'm going to watch a trailer. Well, see, I don't watch trailers before I watch a movie because, to me, there's a good chance that the, that the, that the trailer could ruin the film. You know, I like to, yeah. I like to go into it open-minded and not know anything, and it was a well-treat. I mean, it's one of my okay. one of my favorites from 2011. So. Oh, yeah, um, I had a lot of comments about um, how well the, the LSD scenes were done um, because I think that we didn't go over the top on it. We didn't let, you know, we, we barely showed what it was because that was more true to the drug itself. And we didn't really want to go and lavish effects and trip everybody out. We wanted to, to still feel what these characters were going through. And I think that's that's what gave it some some merit. Everybody I've ever spoken to, when they remembered taking that when they were younger or, or trying it, said, yeah, you nailed that. It, 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 I never saw these weird, trippy things or imaginary characters. I just felt a complete despair and lost and, and hot and sick. And that's how I tried to incorporate into that film. And, and I think that's what helped it along. We never tried to push those effects or the drug onto people. It was more of a, um, a supporting character rather than a star. Right. And it's also more like an, an imaginary thing where when you're watching the film, you can just imagine of what's going on with each character. You have the mm. darkness, you have a dead body, and then you, it really gets you into the film thinking, what the hell is going on? And, and you want to see more and more and more. And that's why I think what makes this movie so brilliant is that it just thrives you to want to know what's going on. Yeah. It's like, so, I mean, it's like with anybody. I mean, there's there's good and bad people everywhere, even amongst your friends. And and some of us are all hiding dark secrets. You know, obviously in yeah. Vice they there were a lot more. Um, obviously, you wanted a horror film, you wanted that suspense. You had to put in a very extreme situation. But those sort of characters as well. I think we all have friends like that. We all have one person we we kind of pick on a little bit. One person who thinks they're better than everybody. One person who kind of makes mistakes. And we have all these sort of similar people in our groups and our peers and our yep. and our friends. And, and I think what worked as well is we tried to make all the characters different, and we also tried to make them that you know each and every one of them in your life, or you've met someone similar to that. And so when the disaster hits. You could kind of say, oh, God, is that how they react, or is that what they do, you know, and things like that. Right, and you have cheaters, you have backstabbers, and and when you mix it with LSD and you can't control yeah. it, all the everything comes out, and it's all like a hell-in-a-handbag adventure. That's it, like the brothers' relationship as well. You can even through a small piece of dialogue between the two, you know there's been a long, troubled history between them, yep. you know, through one conversation. And all those little things you bring out, it doesn't cost money because it's there to begin with. Right. It's all in our minds. It's all in our heads. It just needs to be said. And and I think that's why a £90 film managed to, to get about as much as it did and, and pull in the interest to work on, on other projects. Exactly. And this next project we're going to talk about, and hopefully I'm saying it right, the S the Escher Trilogy, is that how it's, it's pronounced? Escher. Oh, Eska Trilogy? Yeah, yeah, the CNH, like it'd be a school. Eska Trilogy. You got it.
what is it? I don't know. Looks like some kind of journal. I think it's still here. Who? Whoever wrote it? monster you speak of. The demon. That's why all this happened. And this is supposed to be real. Why are you here? Like everyone else. Hiding. to the guy an hour ago. No, it don't make sense. And where is everybody else? Are they hiding in here? No. Everyone's dead. Now this film, you knew that I was a zombie fan, okay? Yeah. And what I thought was brilliant about this is there's, if I remember correctly, there's four, uh, three tales of torment. Um, and go ahead and talk about this. This in here, um, obviously I reviewed and I've seen it and loved it, is your character as Cal, I yeah. thought was brilliant. You okay. didn't know it was coming. Well, you, I guess you can get a, somewhat of a feeling what's going on, but not totally until the end. But go ahead and give the, the listeners an idea of what this film is about and how it came about and so forth. Well, we'd just finished Bicycle Day and it was doing the festival run and things like that and I, I wanted to jump straight into something. Um, I'd only ever shot on SD, standard definition, and the DSLR cameras had just come out and people were starting to use them and we were able to get that more cinematic feel. Um, and so what I did is I thought, well, I would like to do something with more special effects. I enjoyed doing a few things on Bicycle Day, but there wasn't much room to do lavish effects. So I thought, what can I do that's cheap and lavish effects, and I can deal with makeup and blood and guts and blah, blah, zombies. <laughs> Everybody loves zombie films. Whether you take the mickey or not, you still love a zombie film. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, we'll do a zombie film. And my wife loves zombie films. She's a big Dawn of the Dead fan. Me too. And she was very happy in doing that. And I'd written a short film called A Father for the Dead. And it was just your basic short run-of-the-mill zombie film with action, um, zombies, guns. And we shot that over four days. And it was a perfect shoot. It was a short film. It ended up at 20 minutes long. 
We put a post up, who would like to be a zombie, in the north of England, and 300 people turned up that day. Uh, I kid you not, 300 people, and I was wow. like, absolutely amazed. We had a brilliant four-day shooting. I've never seen so many zombies in my life. <laughs> and once we did those four days, everyone had such a terrific time, and the buzz was flying that I thought, well, why stop there? And I remember watching through the rushes of that short film and seeing some of the zombies, like um, Dan Wellard, who plays the stalker zombie in, in the painter's um, dress, in the painter's costume. Mm -hmm. I watched him before, and he had this very sad, solemn look in his eyes, as well as being a monster, so to speak. He had this sadness, and I remember watching him thinking, where's that sadness come from? Something, his death must have been so horrifying that he's now sad in, in the afterlife. So I wrote his story straight afterwards, and I once I wrote his story, I started looking, I thought, you know, this reminds me of those old anthology films from the 80s, late 70s and early 80s, like The Offspring with Vincent Price, uh, Creepshow, all those great movies. And I thought, you know, there's never been an anthology film about zombies, really, that I, I know of, let alone a British one. Right, right. As, as I wrote the second part, which is of the, the little girl and the father, I then looked at zombies in there and start oh well he looks pretty cool I'll write his story and then I wrote the other two parts now obviously with all these anthologies you, you can't just throw three three films in you need that framing story to wrap them around right uh, it's just a collection of shorts so we, we I wrote this framing story and I'd, I'd found this paintball range up in the, the highest peaks of Sheffield and and the guy said yeah you're welcome to use this. So I sat up there for, for basically a day and came up with that idea of the lone survivor up there on his own, ferrying the dead bodies that were now starving and dying out because there was you no know, humans left. And he was just there in this place. So the actual place became the main character for the, the framing story. And I managed to build everything around it. Because it was like a jigsaw puzzle, I think because I'd never written it as a full script to begin with, I was able to do a few more things because I was watching actors and watching different set pieces happening and going, well, wouldn't that be good to link that here and link that there? Nothing too incredible. Let's not feed it to everyone subtly so they right. can see these little bits inside. And it also makes this film feel like it's happening in this complete entire place. Like Stephen King would write, Derry, or something like that. Let's keep that in this little place, our own environment, and then it becomes even more, maybe, believable, as, as, as far as you can make a zombie film believable. Right. But with the area and the people. And I must admit, it was, it was a stunning shoot. I mean, we were out in the snow, we were out in the rain, we were covered in blood and shit and everything. And it was <laughs> 12, 16 hours a day. <laughs> Please don't tell uh, national minimum wage we work 16 hours a day but hours <laughs> miles on our face freezing cold never had such a great time in my life and I don't suppose you probably hear that off many directors who work with zombies they're great fun you know I don't want to make a habit out of it I've, I've, I've had a feel for a little while but it was great fun right and really well I'm absolutely shocked how well it's doing fantastic now you, you did say it's going to be Playing in this month, correct? Yeah, um, there's it's, it's playing this. It's, it's done a lot of festivals last year, and it's playing this month in in the in the UK and in um, America. Actually, next month, I think we're at the Bloody Hero International Film Festival in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, cool. Okay. This month, it's playing the Hollywood Sea Film Festival in South End. 
and we're also playing the short short film screen festival in Dublin. Nice, nice. So the reception so far you mentioned about it's pretty successful. Did you get any like um, any comments about the film? Yeah, I mean, there's been lots. Um, I mean, obviously, once again, it's a no-budget movie. There was no pot of gold at the beginning. Um, it was done as a short film and then just kept going. We basically shot each short section. So <clears throat> there has been a few complaints with some acting, um, but these are first-time actors. These are people who've who've never really done anything before, and, and, and they've jumped into this big production. Um, not a lot of time, no scheduling, really, because it, the thing was being written as it went along. And, and I thought, personally, for, for, for what happened, they did extremely well. The, the, the good comments have been about the storytelling, about the way it was shot. I mean, obviously now with the DSLR cameras out there, we get that shallow depth of field. We can do more things when presented on a big screen that look more expensive and film-like. And the comments on the cinematography, the story, and the fact that it all links round together have been phenomenal. People really have taken to that idea of the anthology film set within the same universe of an apocalypse. Nice. Yeah, see, when when people... See, when I review a film, I don't go down the road of the acting part. I really don't, because... Um, when, it, when it's a, a no-budget or a low-budget film, you really have to do the best that you can. You know what I mean? I just... Hey, yeah, it is what it is, and I didn't even notice it really. I don't, I don't pay attention to that. My main goal is the storyline, what I'm watching, you know, scenery, how it's shot. I really don't get too much into talking about acting. You yeah. know what I mean? Because number one, acting's not easy. It really, I mean, I know firsthand. I've actually got into the acting bug this past summer, three films, and I haven't done it since high school, so. You know, I, I just don't go down that road because it's very hard. It's it really is, especially if it's your first time. You do, you know, I mean, you have to learn. You know, what I mean, it takes you have to learn to, you know, there's there's always a first for everything. Like any trade, isn't it? you can't just expect to be excellent at something on the first day you try it. You, you build up experience, you get to know different things, and and these were all first time guys, and I thought I thought they did incredible. You I know, did yeah. too. I agree. Yeah. I agree, hundred percent. I totally do. UK faces that came in and did some cameos for me as the film went along, but the majority of the uh, main cast, it was, it was their first time production. Like Tim McGill Greeson plays opposite me, Matthew. That was his first time really in, in front of a camera um, to deliver any lines, and, and, and I mean, he held that scene brilliantly. I was very impressed with him, you know. I agree. So, totally. You know. But it's, it's all been good, uh, apart from a couple of, of acting uh, complaints. And in the UK, you know, we're quite snobbish here in the UK. Yes, I heard that. So, Michael Fassbender in their film. Unfortunately, we can't all afford Michael Fassbender, or he might not be right. So we use other people. Right. Amen. Hey, it worked. I mean, I liked it. I mean, I didn't, you know, just, I just liked it. I mean, I'm a zombie fan. I thought it was brilliant. You know, um, the f- something different. Anyway, that was my main thing. When my wife said, we're going to do a zombie film, I said, yep, there's got to be. My, my only reason I'll do a zombie film is if there are thousands of zombies, because two or three don't frighten me. They need to walk slowly, because I can't control 700 crazy rabbits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they need to be the George Romero. And I had to have a theme, and my running theme was family, and protection, and loss. 
and that was my theme rather than just mindless hordes of zombies ripping up the, the muscle bound hero with the shotgun yeah. I wanted we could all relate to and that is and what's the most harshest thing that a human being can go through and that's the loss of a child oh. and it's on all three of the inside stories that is the major major theme that would be the thing for me as a parent that would destroy me the most you know I'd probably give up completely if something happened to my child and I, I really wanted to push that across and that was a big take from um, Darabont's The Mist I yep. remember the end of The Mist with Tom Jane and it broke my heart yep. and that's really not what was written in the Stephen King novel that's Darabont's own take which he put his foot, feet into the f uh, floor for and and I thought it was an amazing ending to a film and I really wanted to pay a little nod to that because it really did invoke feelings out of me and I hope I managed to do the same with mine exactly I mean that that was a very touching when it comes like you mentioned when you see a parent having to mm. it's, it's it is and it really made the made this film touching I mean it, it seems strange for touching in a zombie film but it was it really it'll really bring it home if you have children and that's what I think it's like the lion cow says at the end you know to, to evoke a response you know and that's yes. basically was it's like a warning you know to get those feelings out of you people that you, you've seemed to have lost you know that that family feeling that protection that help of another person that, that defending something innocent and, uh, and and i think we got that message across so i hope we do yep well my opinion is this is a sleeper zombie hit of 2012 that's just my preference i've seen a lot of zombie films but this is one of the top dogs that i've seen in 2012 oh that's great there was a lot it's come out obviously uh, the end of the world was meant to happen and um, got World War Z coming out which is the first major big Hollywood uh, zombie movie so I think the zombies are here to stay yep. really. now you have now do you have something a new project that you possibly might be starting have I do have a, a new project at the moment that's um, being written the, the script is nearly finished um, concept designs are, are being done I'm, I'm Horror again it is my genre, thrillers and horrors. Um, but this one, I really would like to delve into the genre switch. Um, I really want to make the first half of the film you believe is one genre, and the second half switch. You know, I believe it's done really well in From Dust Till Dawn. Unfortunately, the, the creep from Dust Till Dawn didn't sell it to me at the end. But the first half hour of that film was absolutely stunning. Right. Uh, <clears throat> it just went a little bit to a comic book for me afterwards so once again I mean I don't admit to being anything brand new or creating I like to take films that I grew up with I loved I cherished that made a, an impact on me and take all the best bits out of them and put them together you know I don't admit to being anything wondrous or brand new or, or completely uh, fresh of the ideas but what I like to do is take all the greatest bits of those horrors and thrillers that I enjoyed and put them together and I'm planning to do that on my next film um, which hopefully goes into production in May, June. Nice. And you can't mention the title or nothing yet? Um, no, I, I can't mention that yet. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I, I just want the listeners to get an idea of a possibly, well, there will be a new film coming by you. Now, can you tell listeners where to, f I know where to find it, but can you tell the listeners where to find Bicycle Day and the Esca Trilogy? Well, at the moment, um, the Esca Trilogy will be released on DVD and Blu-ray this year worldwide. Um, that has managed to, to get a distribution deal, which is great. Congratulations. You know? Thank you very much. Congratulations to all my crew who worked hard on it as well. They deserve everything. Yes. Uh, 
it's got a few big theatre. Uh, it's got a big theatre release coming out um, in May as well. It's going to be shown at the Stockport Plaza in Manchester, which is a great big cinema, super cinema. Yeah, um, day is unavailable at the moment, um, but I, I think I will be releasing that online for people because I'd like people to watch it now. I've never tried to get any distribution or anything with that film. Um, I, for me, as a, a filmmaker, I, I would like to go back and remake it with some money. Um, I think um, I could put some better shots in there. I can um, improve, improve it visually. Um, and so I will probably make that online for people to watch, but it's not actually available on DVD or anything. Okay. So um, if you look at the website, which is www.safehousepicturesuk.com, uh, um, possibly the next month or two it will be there for you to view nice and the links will be on the interview on my site on the website so people can click and check you out on Twitter and Facebook and and uh, your website so excellent I'm very there. so if anybody wants to message me or that's fine great well um, is there anything else you'd like to chat about that I miss yes. no I think you did really well that was great I loved it that was great finally get to talk to you after all this yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great talking to him, and uh, I really appreciate you taking time to come on here in short notice. I just happened to write you, and uh, well, actually, I actually reposted the interview. I sent you an email. I'm playing with a new toy on my website where I can send my reviews directly to Facebook messages or groups. It was pretty cool. I just want to try it out, and obviously, you received it, so it worked out pretty good. But I really appreciate you coming on um, as the first guest of 2013 on the Voice of Horror Radio. Totally honoured. Thank you very much, Scott. No problem. Take care, and we'll talk soon. You too. All Thanks. the best. <laughs> Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Take care. All the best. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Guider, also Gruesome Herzog. Check out my new Facebook page, Interviews by Scott Guider. So go ahead. Give me a like. Thanks. <laughs>